This is The Good Stuff. Let's get to know those who are doing the good stuff in our community. We'll chat with everyone from small business owners to local officials. Join us as we go around town to find the hidden gems. This is your host, Andy Tomlinson. Welcome to the Good Stuff Podcast. Well, welcome to the uh, Good Stuff Podcast. I'm here with Jamar Harris, uh, the owner of Undisputed Faith-Based Barbershop here on Main Street, actually right down the street from my office. Uh, I have him in here because I wanted to talk about his story and how he got to be a barber. And uh, I, I heard his story once. I could barely hear it. He was up on stage uh, for the, what was that? The uh, uh, MAID program. Yep. That was pretty awesome. It was the first one, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. So welcome. Thank yeah, you. And thanks Please. for coming because uh, he's a very busy person. Uh, I was lucky to have him on here. Uh, he, he took some time out of his, uh, his barbershop to, to come on down and thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah. So tell me, uh, tell me about your past and how you got here and how you became a barber. And- oh, a little about, bit about my past. Um, you know, my past is my past. Yeah. Um, I try not to go into it too much unless it's needed. Um, but right now that you're asking me about my past, so, um, I've been in and out of prison, um, from 94 to 2015, 2012 is the last time I committed a crime uh, as far as drugs and things like that. Um, and I ended up serving a couple years for that. Was that here locally or was that? It was here locally. Yeah. Um, I actually thank Judge Ader for not giving me too much time, but enough time. You're right. Enough time to reflect. And what the state had did, I usually, when I got in trouble, they always sent me to Rolls uh, Correctional Institution or Chillicothe Correctional Institution. And it was like I knew the guards. The guards knew me. So it was like sure. it was an in and out process all the time. Um, did I learn anything? Yeah, I learned some things. Um, but it was easy to go, you know, it's like going to the Ross County Jail. You know, you go serve your days, you get out. Sure. I really didn't learn anything until they sent me to Noble. And what's Noble? All the way across in Caldwell, Ohio. So you didn't know anyone. You didn't On know the, the side of the mountain. Didn't yeah. know nobody. And um, while I was at Noble, I had a chance to really um, get to know myself. Yeah. Not only did I get a chance to know myself, uh, but I learned how to really truly help others. Um, and I was able to relate to those that didn't know why they were there. Uh, some were, didn't want to know, but um, I had an opportunity to work one-on-one. I ended up taking over a uh, facilitate. I was head facilitator for uh, E1 dorm, and that's where all the drug classes were. And the, all the uh, men of purpose classes and things like that. Uh, people that wanted that needed help, that wanted to better themselves. That's where the, we went. Sure. And uh, I went to just get in the program and didn't know that I was going to end up within 30 days leading the Lead. program. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because of life experiences. I remember coming in, they had some men that were running it. And one of the guys that was there, I don't want to bring his background up but his background was um he was a pedophile 
and he was trying to tell teach a men of purpose class and he says something that I was like wait a minute hold on red flags went up and I said how are you even teaching this class yeah I said don't even tell me why you're here I know so I went into the office and I told the um, unit manager I said hey uh, I didn't sign up for this and he said Jamar I want to tell you something these are the only guys that will help us do anything and try to get this program off the ground. And we had a deep conversation, which ended up, he got rid of every one of them. And I was allowed to go in and find people throughout the compound to come in and take over the whole program. And we rewritten, we rewrote it, we redone it. And it ended up being a very successful program. Actually, it still is successful to this day. It's a faith-based program? Yeah, it's a faith-based program. And um, that, that had helped me uh, as far as the ministry goes to get ready for what God had for me here. Um, we like to sometimes in the addiction world, we like to say, I did this and I did that. Uh, when you say I, you're in trouble. Right. The Bible says, Jesus said that if I be lifted up. I'll draw all men unto me. Not if Jamar be lifted up. And by lifting him up, he ended up lifting me up. Sure. Out of the gutter, out of the muck and the mire, and mold me into the man I am today. Uh, I asked some of the parents when they bring their children into the barbershop. I say, you know, sometimes, you know, my wife gets on me sometimes about being a little too harsh on the kids. But what really helps me and inspires me is that the parents would come up to me after I say that to them. They said, no, Jamar, that's the reason why we come here. That's the reason why we bring our children to you is because we know your heart on me because it comes from a good place. Sure. Well, you've, uh, done, you've, you've been through it. Been through it. And the thing is, it's like you got this four-year-old that got powder donuts around his mouth and he said... Who ate? The, who got into the donuts? Who wasn't supposed to get into them? And he got powdered donut mixed around his mouth. That's the way I look at people when they come in. Yeah. And you know what they're up to. You know it's written all over their face sure. of what they've done. You don't pass judgment on them. You just try to help them through it. Right. And try to get them to see what they're doing. Because you've been there. You've done that. And you don't want to do it again. And I hate to see people um, have to go through that. Yeah. So when you were in there, did you ever think you would... How did you get in a barber? Barbering. Well, every time I got in trouble, um, even before I got in trouble, when I was in the service, when I was younger, my brother Carl used to cut everybody's hair. And one day he got mad and he said, here, he gave, he gave me the clippers. He said, cut your own hair. And I said, okay. So I got in there and I messed my hair up so much that I ended up getting decent. <laughs> uh, I think my whole... Sixth, seventh grade. I didn't get good until I was in eighth grade, so I had a bad a lot. I didn't have very many girlfriends. <laughs> it looked like I had nicks all over the place. Um, uh, but my brother, he showed me really how to cut hair. And when I joined the service in 1990, September of 1990, um, I cross-rated from a barber, from a uh, cook to a barber. <laughs> And uh, that's what did it. And then I got away from that when I got out into the world and got out of the service. But then when I got locked up, I always ended up with a pair of clippers in my hand. Sure. Were you the the, the guy that... I was the guy that... They said, hey, Jamar, can you cut my hair? 
Sure. I'd be in another pod and the CEOs would come and say, hey, can you cut such and such today? Can you do this for us? He has a visit or something like that. Sure. And then later on, I even went to the prison system. And when I got in prison, I started cutting with a razor and a comb. Yeah. And you talking about you have to have skill to cut with a razor and a comb. I'm There's, surprised they give razors and cut. They razors. don't. Okay. You tear it out of a uh, razor to shave your face with. Wow. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how you learn. And that's mm-hmm. and then so you, you got out, you started uh, this barbershop. It was on a it was on a different street, different place, wasn't it? Yeah. I, well, actually, when I got out this last time, I worked in several barbershops. Well, one, two, three, four barbershops in Chillicothe, and I made a name for myself. Then uh, I was still in and out of the street, in and out of jail, getting in trouble or whatnot. And some of the it was hard. Because when I finally got my life together, got my mind straight and got everything, some people, uh, the jury is out to them. You're not who you say you are or who you're trying to tell them you are because the jury's out in them because they're being so judgmental. I don't want you here. Uh, don't come here. I had a lady tell me over here on Water Street, she no longer owns that shop. She told me, she said, come back uh, tomorrow and we'll talk. Well, I came back and she told me, that I heard all about you. I don't want you in my shop. I don't want nothing to do with you. Matter of fact, get out of my shop or whatnot. Um, I said, okay, thank you. Thank you for even sure. considering, you know, I was just being nice and whatnot. Was I upset? Yeah. But I built that reputation with that type of people uh, to put that thinking in our head. And sometimes we have to we have to take ownership of that. We can't just say, oh, she got rude with me and she did this. Listen, when you do what you do, you get what you got. And just because you're walking a straight line don't mean people don't still have an opinion about you. And then when they show you that voice, that opinion, you have to accept that's how you made them feel at that time, even though you don't live there. Sure. You know, and do I get it right now today? Yeah, of course. I still have people call me out my name. Um, oh, he used to do this. He used to do that. I hate that guy. Well, tell me, I'll tell you what. If you ever see that guy, tell him I'm looking for him. Sure. Because I don't like him either. No. You see what I mean? No, I so do. It's, it's kind of hard. But the, the, the most hurtful things that people have said about me, some of them, my kids here. Yeah. My own children. And they're grown. And they want to take up for their dad because I no longer live there. Um, those are some of the things that bother me. Some people just don't have no filter or whatnot. But it's okay with me. They can feel any way they want about me. But I still love them. Sure. Well, and uh, your barbershops, I mean, you still getting up there at 6 in the morning? Every morning at 6 yeah. o'clock. I don't leave until 6 in the evening. We're open yeah. Monday through Saturday. Yeah. It's That's my impressive. shop. I can't expect for even my barber sometimes, you know, they want to get up. They want to get in there early or whatnot, and they can't do it. Um, when God gives you a prescription, that prescription, what I'm talking about is a vision. That is specifically from the doctor to you. You can't expect somebody else to take your prescription, your vision, and do something with it. Right. So what he gave me was for me. It wasn't for nobody else. And I received that. And therefore, I will lead that. And I will be that example in the barbershop that he has given me to share any and everything that is about my life that can help somebody else and inspire, encourage and inspire somebody else. We go from uh, praying for people uh, that have marital issues to 
marrying people that want to get married or whatnot and helping people get through their uh, next hurdle in life. And all in the barbershop. All in the barbershop. Yeah. The I, only thing you, I haven't done in the barbershop is done a funeral. Well, <laughs> leave that to the house. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that to the house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if anyone's been by, so I, we brought our, our son there. Uh, my wife was working out. She's like, this guy's open at 6 a.m. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, we got to go to that. Uh, and, and we did, and he, he, she's uh, she's more of a uh, person that needs a, I, I think he even told her, you're like, well, I, I think you need a beautician. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was worried about his, his hair and how you cut it, and she's like, yeah, this is a barbershop. <laughs> but I've been in there, uh, and it's it's pretty cool. You, you, you actually have music in the morning. Mm. Uh, you do your thing, and... Mm. Uh, it's, it's very impressive. And what's really cool, too, is you have this app. It's called, what's it called? Bo- Booksy. Booksy. And so you don't have to call anymore. You get on your phone, and you can schedule your appointment. And I got people that uh, download the app to their phone and will get on there, and I have never met them a day in my life and just show up. I got people that are drive by and call me and be introduced to the app and get on the thing. The thing is, is that 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 draws people to the shop is the cross yeah and they always come in did you use the box did you use it no the barber pole next to the cross means faith based the boxing gloves that are actually wrapped up and hanging on top of the cross means that he's already died for whatever it is that you're fighting whatever you're going through all you have to do is give it to him and he'll fight the battle for you wow it's pretty awesome mm-hmm um, and, and so you, you've taken on other barbers too, right? Yes. And those other barbers have had, have they had troubles too, like your past or No, I'm the only one that has, um, a past like that. Sure. My barbers, um, are actually like, I, I tell them all the time, I don't expect for you to be like who I am, a minister. Um, but I expect you to act accordingly. Sure. And the thing is, is that my barbers, they're, they, they, they might go out and drink or whatnot, party a little bit or whatnot. But, you know, I got a great group, group of guys. Yeah. I got a great, uh, great, great group of guys that, that are in there. How many we, have now? We have four. There's four of us in there right now. I'm waiting on my son to uh, graduate barber college. And he come in and we'll have five. And then I have another young man uh, and I'm waiting on him to finish school. Uh, I parked it in the back of the shop, and we got cameras back there, and somebody cut the catalytic converters off of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's in the shop right now, getting all that stuff fixed. And there were some other little things going on. Um, I've been trying to get uh, the bathroom sink and the toilet to work. Um, I have to take it down to Huntington, West Virginia, because those are the people that do it. Sure. I cut hair. Right. So I got to take it to the people that do it. Right. If I have a heart attack, I got to go to the hospital. The doctor. Yeah, come on now. Right. But if I want to praise God, <laughs> I could do it right where I'm at. Absolutely. <laughs> so in this, the mobile unit, are you going to be going to people's houses that can't get out? or The mobile unit is not designed um, for profit. Yeah. The mobile unit is specifically... A, um, a vision God has given me. He gave me an assignment to extend the services from undisputed 
into our own customers and our clients. Let's say I cut your hair and I've never cut who you're sending me to, but you say, hey, Jamar, because something that is connected to you, someone's connected to you and say your father-in-law or your sister's cousin or whatever is somewhere and they can't get to the barbershop for some medical reason uh, or you can't get them there, you will give me a call and I'll make a, uh, an appointment and I will bring the bus, the barbershop to you. That's pretty cool. No one's doing that. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of mothers. We had a mother, uh, God bless her. Uh, she had a son that had autism and he threw a fit. I mean, we, I got, I cut a lot. I am the autism barber sure. in Chillicothe. Um, I get a lot of kids that are autistic. We turn the music down and we cater to specifically these children with these type of issues. Um, we like from when they get on the Booksy app to uh, text them in the messages to let us know the child is autistic and his uh, sensory issues. Sure. So we turn the music down and keep trying to get even the clients tell me, hey, we got a kid coming here as autistic. We want to keep that down. So when we get these, we had a mother come in and she just came in out of the blue. Music was up and the kid had serious sensory issues and we turned the music down on him, but he was already fired up. Sure. And she... And to me, it felt like she was kind of like embarrassed because people were looking and the kid was being, you know, loud and whatnot. Um, He was throwing a fit and she picked him up. He's a pretty big two or three year old. And she picked him up and she went outside with him. And I went out the door behind her because I was telling her it's okay, It's okay. And she took a step off our our step and she went down the wrong way and she broke her leg. Wow. And. Right then and there, I said, this should not happen. They, she should be comfortable coming in a place to just for a simple haircut for her child. And people should not be staring and be super sensitive. This bus that God gave me the vision on was specifically for this reason where we can take the barbershop experience and bring that to this address so they will never have i vowed that a woman would never have that has a kid that's uh, autistic will never have to go through this again wow that's awesome yeah i think uh i think a lot of people might use that and uh, mm-hmm. and it's is it a church-based thing that, it's a faith-based that's that's awesome it's a mobile unit we bring the church to you we that's bring cool. in the barbershop to you um and we, your barbershop uh, you have all walks of life you have all judges you have Police officers, you have the people that probably uh, put you into prison uh, come in. Yeah, the prosecutor, he, I see, he sits in my chair. Yeah. So, <laughs> Same one that put me yeah. in jail. <laughs> uh, so there's people are seeing what you're doing and uh, are, are wanting to come to you to. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't been to a barber, but I'll, you know. Well, you don't really don't need one. Uh, no, no. You're like me. Yeah. Uh, last 20 <laughs> some years, I've been my own barber. <laughs> but Save every, some money. <laughs> every once in a while, I might need a little backup, you know. You're right. So how did uh, how did COVID impact you? COVID hit the barber and beauty shop world hard. Yeah, um, I actually felt for um, people that were trying to get into the business. Um, it hurt them. Some of them didn't come back. It's like all the other jobs; they didn't come back. They took advantage of all the money the government was given and whatnot. Some of them still are. Um, and some of them are not even practicing. They went and got jobs elsewhere. Wow. 
But I'm thankful that he sent everybody, my people, the people that he sent my way. Yeah. It's been more than enough. And there's an overflow because he anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. And anything that is in to that door that uh, leads outside, anything that's in there that steps foot in that shop is heavily anointed as well. Yeah. We have our barbers are doing really well. I'm just glad and and so thankful that even in my situation, living my testimony out and doing what God has called me to do, that these guys that are attached to me can provide for their families as well. Yeah. Because of employment. It's awesome. Yeah. I don't, is there anything else that I, I didn't touch on what you'd like to share? My biggest thing is positioning. Yeah. And it's one of the biggest things that I, I preach about is men getting in position. Drugs have demolished the manhood of Chillicothe. Our young men um, are not being led in the right direction. They're following the wrong people they uh, think are real leaders. And they think just because you got big dope sacks and a lot of money that these guys are leaders and they're the ones to follow they're not they're not the ones to follow or whatnot and they have no life but only jail in the grave and here lately we've been uh, ministering to families because of the drugs uh, that are still in Chillicothe and we're not just fighting COVID we're still fighting the drug drug epidemic right and actually they've you don't hear too much about an overdose anymore, but it's still happening. Oh, yeah, it is. It's still happening. They don't write about it. Uh, you'll hear more about a shooting than you'll hear about a drug overdose. And there's more people that are dying of drugs than there are of shootings. Yeah. You know, does it happen? Yes, it happens. We can't run from it. We have to hit this thing head on. Um, I still talk to the people that I know that are involved in a trade that think that this is something to do. And some of them tell me all the time, they tell me, a few of them have told me, uh, man, I'm trying to get out, man. I feel like I'm trapped. I'm locked in. No, you listen, when you wake up in the morning. You have a choice. You have a choice. Mm -hmm. You have a choice whether you're going to put your feet on that floor and go use the bathroom or you're going to just lay in that bed. And right. Most of them, they decide just to lay in the bed. Yep. They're too lazy. They don't want to move. They don't want to change. They don't want to do nothing for themselves. They don't want to better their life. They'd rather give it to the system and, and, and be around a, a bunch of other men doing nothing, men or women. Right. You know, because you're not doing nothing. We have a position and uh, an office to fulfill as a man. We have to raise children. We have to take care of our wives. We have to be honorable men in the church. We have to be honorable men just just to have a job. Right. And to do things the right way. You know, we have I have guys come in sometimes and they talk about, well, I ain't go get my baby mama six dollars just so, you know, I ain't going to pay this. I ain't going to pay that. Man, that is pitiful. And my shop is the wrong shop to even say that in. Yeah. Because every man that's in my shop will turn around and look at you like you're stupid. Yep. Yeah, stand up and do, do yeah, something. Do that's the right something thing. that you say on the block around yeah. a bunch of other people that don't know no better. That are sleeping in and not doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, you know, that's what's wrong with the men. You, you just said it right there. Sleeping in yeah. and not getting in position. No. One, because they lazy. Yep. Too yeah. lazy to change. 
got an opportunity to change, but you're too lazy to change. I mean, you're a great example. You can change. Yes. I mean, you were in prison. You you were doing the wrong thing. Now you're on the right path. And what's, what's life like now? Life is great. Yeah. It's great. He, you take one step to him. They say 12 steps. That's too many steps. All I did was something so simple and without any distractions. And I said, Lord, if you take this thing from me, I promise you, I will serve you the rest of my life. And you're doing it. And I'm doing it. Yeah, you are. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so I always end on uh, what's your favorite breakfast, lunch, and dinner spot? I have several. Yeah. Pickle tacos for breakfast, pickle tacos for lunch. And I like Rocas and the uh, the Roca the, the, the Rocas Mex- the new Roca Re- Mexican yeah, okay. rest. I like taking my wife there. Yeah, I love that place. It's very professional. Um, I try to stay away from anything else on Bridge Street because um, you know I have heart condition. Sure, you know they like to put extra salt and stuff and <laughs> things like that. But I love um, Texas Longhorn. Okay, for love dinner. that. Yeah, for dinner I love it. Uh, what book are you currently reading or what book would you like to share? The Bible. That's, yep. The Bible. Um, Paul said that I became all things to all people, though that someone will be saved. Yeah. And that's the way my life experience has been. That's what the barbershop's all about. One man, one vision, and it's all under God. Jesus died for every one of our sins, and we're supposed to love our neighbor sure. like Christ loved the church. Uh, night owl, early riser, both? Both. I'm not a night owl, but I'm an early riser. I mean, you, you start that shop at 6. It's 6 o'clock. I'm up at 4.30. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm up at 2.30, <laughs> but I'm in bed at 8.30. Are you in bed? Oh, wow. I'm in bed at 8.30 every night. Well, thank you for coming down and, and chatting and and. Telling, telling the world your, your story and uh, thank you for doing what you're doing and, and trying to help these kids and everyone else in, in town and, and getting a good haircut. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, thank Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you.